0: Sunday night I'd watch the practice with none a- In high
1: school, <laughs> that's, that's me. I'm not watched TV, so I missed miss 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 the practice. The there was no TV. What could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat and stream it on Hulu. Hulu. Oh, oh, the the we're
0: both sick, we're both tired, but we will not postpone this trial. Oh,
1: though it's already, theoretically, almost a day late. Out
0: of practice! And welcome to the Out of Practice podcast. Coming up after Thanksgiving, we're going to be talking about Season 3, Episode 6, entitled One of Those Days, which I think might apply to both of us. How's it going, Dex?
1: Well, about as well as it sounds. I uh, babysat some... Nieceslings, this Thanksgiving. They mm-hmm. put their feet all up in my mouth, as well as, you know, just kids in general, and so I'm, uh, under the weather, as they say.
0: Yeah, well, I am as well, so if we sound a little extra sexy this week, it's because we're both a little bit sick.
1: Yeah, you know, I haven't taken, uh, what's it called? NyQuil in years. And I took some last night, and I am still, I feel like I am on some heavy narcotics. It's just NyQuil. Oh. Well, that stuff can
0: be pretty, pretty <clears throat> hardcore if you get it at the right time.
1: Well, whatever, it, whatever happened, it is, it is that. And then my wife uh, found this, we found some, this dog that we maybe wanted to adopt. So we went to the shelter this afternoon.
2: Oh.
1: Uh, Sort of struck out. The dog was a little bit more high energy than we're really looking for. But the positive of it is that we found this great shelter here in New York City, which has put my wife in a much better brain space about adopting again, rescuing. Uh, oh. than the, the last one we went to was sort of a like a, a horror show. So Right. It was sort of Wait, bad... so
0: are, are you intending to have two cats and a dog in your one-bedroom apartment?
1: Well, yes. That's the current potential. Although... I did. There's some Cyber Monday sales, or I guess holiday sales on an Xbox One X I've been taking a peek at. And so I brought it up to her, and she's like, Well, now you get to choose between a dog and an Xbox. So <laughs> as of about 20 minutes ago, that dog has become an Xbox. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, well, fair enough. Well, hopefully it's not Black Friday for that poor unadopted dog. Wow, that's dark. <laughs> It's as dark as it is right now at five fifty p.m. Oh, it's this sad, sad season. But we're we're, gonna—we just had Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving?
1: Thanksgiving was good. We had a lot of family over. Then we went out to Long Island. Was great. Uh, We the let's see—that's about it. Then uh, finally, everybody finally left yesterday. And what I did with my free evening is I went and I played a show in the city, and then. Came back, finally slept in my own bed for the first time this week, and it's I'm happier now.
0: Yeah, I believe it. I I saw some. There were some clips from the show last night on your uh, Instagram feed. sounded great. What I what I listened to.
1: Yeah, I can still play the guitar. It turns out, so that's a good thing. How yeah, about you, well, man? how was Pennsylvania? I'm excited
0: about that. I'm going to be taking advantage of that <laughs> relatively soon.
1: Well, then you do that.
0: Just fair warning. <laughs> yeah, no, I had a uh, actually had a lovely Thanksgiving. Went to uh, Philadelphia with the in laws. Uh, we had a nice, uh, quiet Thanksgiving itself, and then we spent the day after Thanksgiving, we ran around Philadelphia like lunatics. Nice. We got a 10.30 a.m. drink at the top of the, uh, uh, Comcast building. Beautiful. Uh, which was super beautiful. It definitely, I think, broke a, a record for the earliest drink I've ever had.
1: 10.30? What was Bloody Mary, perhaps? Uh, I didn't have a Bloody, Bloody Mary because I think they're disgusting. Me too. I'm so glad to hear that because most people tell me I'm crazy when I say that, but they are so nasty. Well, I and I think it's like your punishment for
0: drinking vodka that early in the morning, but you know what? I hate myself in a different way, so I'll just have the vodka and not worry about trimming it up in some sort of a vegetable, you know, vomit stew.
1: Or give me an orange juice with it at least. Screwdriver, yeah.
0: No, I had like a lemonade, it was super delicious. And uh, the view from up there is really extraordinary. Then we went and uh, we bowled. My father in law rented uh, Lucky Strikes Lane for a couple hours, and then we went to the uh, what used to be the Wanamaker light show, which didn't work at all because it was way too crowded. Mm-hmm. Which you, you're a Philly person, <clears throat> you should know that.
1: Never does, John Wanamaker's.
0: Yeah, well, now it's Macy's, but it was so crowded in there. There's three different levels that you could see this thing from, and we couldn't see it from anywhere, so we ended up standing in the bra section trying to see a tiny sliver of it. It was really fun, and, of course, we turned around, like, my mother-in-law shopping. It was perfect.
1: Isn't it funny how, even as a grown man, maybe more so as a grown man, you still feel uncomfortable in the bra section?
0: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's... I always I always have a joke with Jillian. Every time I see it, I, like, I titter a little bit, and I'm like, those Dutch boobs.
1: Yeah, and it's like, there's a person out there whose job it is to create mannequin figures with the appropriate boob size. Mm-hmm. So they can display their wares.
0: So are you saying you have a plan if the acting
1: thing doesn't work out? Yes, I want to make mannequin boobs.
0: <laughs> Great. Well, on that... T- on that topic, we're off to a really good first 5 minutes of the podcast. But we have now reminisced about Thanksgiving. It is time to reminisce about 1998. We are talking about one of these one of those days on the practice which aired November 8th, 1998, which of course brings us to everyone's favorite segment. What were you up to? This day in the basement.
1: So, I know exactly where I was and exactly what I was doing on this exact Sunday, Keith.
0: You frequently do, which is not fair. I have been really struggling to remember anything from this era. In fact, I spent three hours last night trying to find my emails from nineteen ninety eight, so I could have some sort of a point of reference about any specific things that were happening, but I can't get I can't find the emails prior to two thousand one.
1: I don't know when I started my Gmail account. I can't remember remember what my email was prior to this. I think it was
0: I don't think Gmail existed in ninety
1: <clears> eight. <throat> yeah, so I don't even know what my email would have been. Oh yeah. It was Mike and Deglio at netscape.com. Oh, sure. Yeah, Netscape. Anywho, so I've made mention on the podcast a, a, a few occasions that I, I rode in high school, and I guess what I've never really mentioned, although you've probably put it together, is that I am not particularly physically gifted, so I was I never- I don't think that's true. I've seen you, you know, we've played football. I mean, I'm as, I'm as normal. I, I am not unathletic, but I would not say that I am in any way a superior athlete.
0: Okay, so there's a reason you didn't go into, like, professional sports.
1: Yes, in fact, my freshman year of college, before I left, uh, I tried to join the crew team, and the coach was like, well, I'd I'd love to keep you on as an assistant coach, but you're just never gonna, you're never gonna be a varsity collegiate rower. He's like, it's not, you're just not tall enough, basically. Yeah. Um, I ended up, when I left college, I ended up coaching a high school girls crew for a little while. So, I did love the sport. Anyway, what I'm was, what i getting at is that I never won any races, my uh, freshman, sophomore, junior in high school. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so, it just so happens now that the real cruise season doesn't really start up until the spring. However, there are a few winter races, and one of them happens to be <clears throat> on the Schuylkill River in Philadelphia. On the Schuylkill. Oh, yeah. Uh, right in front of Boathouse Row, and this was the- inaug- I know it, I know it, I was there, just yeah. last last week. Well, the inaugural regatta of the Bill Braxton Memorial Regatta, Bill Braxton was a, a, a figure in the rowing community who passed away, there's this memorial uh, regatta for him. The original one, the first one ever, the inaugural one, was in 98, November 8th, and it was a, a pretty cold. I so- <laughs> believe it. Our coach reached out to the seniors at the time and asked if we wanted to go to this race, so we did. And there were a hefty amount of scratches that day. Teams that could either not make it in or decided it was too cold. The wind Mm -hmm. was really choppy. They cut a bunch of races. So it ended up that we got fast-tracked right to the final. We didn't have to go through any of the semis. And there were only three boats. (laughs) And, And I remember it was so choppy that it was basically... There was no reason why we won it just so happened that like the waves the wave gods were in our favor and we won me and my buddy paul ian and i cannot remember the fourth member of the boat but it was the one and only medal i ever won as a participant in a regatta and i still have it and it's this date i'll never forget it
0: well as well you should yeah i yeah I, by that time let's go jeez oh, geez. oh God. we need a cough button where's our you know, a, a professional. Wait, wait, wait. A better podcast when both of us were sick would have some cough buttons so you didn't have to retch, but we're not the better podcast. podcast. We are not the better <laughs> podcast. I will do my very best not to cough directly into the mic. You have a mute. But no, i not do a, not on this
1: new microphone.
0: Oh. How About that, well, wait, Keith. Whatever. Before we get
1: before we get to yours, I wanted to show you. I was able to unearth. Look at that! The results. Just so I could prove to you, it's absolutely true. And hold you on, totally I'm, I'm going to one better you. Where men's? That's college, college. Co- wait, wait. Oh, this well, is
0: really interesting for our listeners who can't see this. No,
1: no, no. It's, but it's important to me.
0: Okay. All right. Well, there it is. See. Look at that, Upper Marion, right? <clears throat> yeah, that was us. Wait, you were Upper Marion? Yeah. Well, Jillian went to Marion Mercy.
1: I don't. No affiliation.
0: Oh well, it's still
1: pretty close. <laughs> uh, the, the word Marion is in both, so yes, there you go.
0: You know, it, for me, that seems pretty close.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're, you're it's not totally wrong. But she, but she grew up like not. Well, we we'll, we can talk about that some other time. <laughs> <laughs> That's not interesting to anyone.
0: Especially <clears throat> since before we did the podcast, we're like, okay, we've been going way too long. Yeah, right. We're gonna we're gonna tighten it up this week. And uh we have not tightened anything at all. Anyway, uh so congratulations. I never really won anything <clears throat> in sports ball. Uh I I'd quit uh by the time I got to high school because I wanted to do musical theater, plus the sports ball <clears throat> kids were mean to me. So, I gave up on that until much later. But, you know what I was doing November 8th, 1998? It was the first time I ever voted. Hey! The first election, first actual (laughs) election that I voted in in my entire life in Vermont. I did it by absentee ballot from Rochester. And let me give you the results from the Vermont 1998 election. Patrick Leahy beat joke candidate Fred Tuttle. Tuttle got 22% of the vote, even though he was a joke candidate. Doesn't it, wouldn't it be good back in the day when the joke candidates only got 22% of the vote, as opposed to won the election? Howard Dean beat Ruth Dwyer 55-41 to be the governor of Vermont. And Bernie Sanders beat Mark Candon in the congressional election 63 63- 32 how about that i pulled i pulled out the old awards music
1: feeling the burn all the way back in 1998
0: yeah well we, we felt the burn long before that that's back when he was still in congress
1: mm. i've been feeling the burn ever since that first date with that one girl in high school
0: Boo. Yeah, that's not even true.
1: What? I, I, who, who am I pretending? I couldn't even. I, I, <laughs> like what? Like what part of that was supposed to be impressive? I know. I can't even. I couldn't even buy a venereal disease back then. <laughs> oh, me neither. I'm still hoping. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about now? What's next?
0: Anyway, we're gonna talk about this day in the world, and to accompany us will be the number one song. Watch out. which was do Up That Thing by Lauren Hill. Definitely one that I listened to a fair amount. The number one movie was The Waterboy, which pulled in $39.4 million. And the Burlington Free Press, the headline was Town Takes Sides on the Cirque Highway. Now, if you're listening from Vermont particularly Chittenden County, you'll know what I'm talking about because the Cirque Highway is something most of us take uh, all the time. But at that point in 1998, it was still being proposed and it was quite controversial. Okay, so that's what was going on in 1998, which brings us to everyone's least favorite uh, what's that least favorite segment? Oh my God, I'm so tired. Least favorite segment: sports ball. The Giants fell to three and six in a 16 to six loss to the Dallas Cowboys. Troy Aikman threw games only touchdown, and emma Smith ran for 163 yards. Bobby Hoying and Charlie Garner led the Eagles to their second win of the season against the similarly terrible Detroit Lions in a 10 to nine barn burner. Barry Sanders rushed for 140 yards in the loss, which left both teams 2-7. and seven.
1: Speaking of sports ball, who do you think has less fans, the Out of Practice Podcast, or ah. or any team in the NFC East right now? Uh, you know, for us, I would
0: always take the under on us.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> we are bad. The entire division from top to bottom is absolutely disrespectful.
0: Oh, my God. I was, spent a long time talking to uh, my uncle's in law uh, over Thanksgiving, and they're all huge Eagles fans. And I realized that I have to put them all on suicide watch against Miami. That was rough.
1: Yeah, but nothing unites the city m- more than vitriol towards our team.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's entirely. I mean, nothing unites Philadelphia more than vitriol of any kind.
1: Yeah, that's true. I can see <laughs> it.
0: Philadelphia burn.
1: Oh man, feel the burn.
0: <laughs> All right, this episode was written again by David E. Kelly because apparently there was nobody else on the writing staff. And it was directed by Dwight H. Little, who directed Trees in the Forest and The Defenders. Now, this brings us to everybody's favorite segment. I remembered what the word segment was. What
1: does Mike think's gonna happen? Okay, one of those days. Mike, what do you think's gonna happen? Well, it's less what I think's going to happen, and more what I hope to God is going to happen. Okay. Okay aspirational this week if we don't conclude the case of the head in the bag this week it's a head in a bag I am going to have to quit the podcast wow it has to be Th- this week it's gone on too long
0: okay wow those are uh, the bold statements so much for George Vogelman you don't like movies in MAME
1: I mean I do I do I like both of those things I like movies. Yeah, I had to do Mame. I got paid to be, to like Mame. So, I think it's well, You time. got
0: paid to perform Mame. You do, we're not paid to
1: like Mame. You know, to this very day, and whenever I hear, eh, so we need a little Christmas right this very minute, I want to hang oh, myself. No.
0: That's, that's terrible. I did a, uh, did an arrangement of that um, for the first go-round of bloody, bloody... <clears throat> jessica fletcher which was bloody buddy angela lansbury at that point and i did i had gideon doing a uh, lounge singer version of that which i thought was pretty funny well we need a little
1: christmas
0: christmas yeah we
1: do right this very moment tippy waiters it was it's was pretty funny you know what i think we need to do i think we need to to spend a little christmas cheer on our sponsor Ooh, how about that anchor Okay, that's just such a great ad. I, you know, I think it gets better every week. Well, let's finish out this Thanksgiving season with season three, episode six one of those days. I'm excited.
3: Jay, I really appreciate your willingness to testify.
4: I'm not going to be that much help, Miss Frett can't say I think your client is innocent. I this know, is Jay, the ex-boyfriend. of
3: the I'm only a possible reason why your girlfriend would have gone to a motel with George Vogelman.
2: Because you could have gotten that I'm not Chris. crazy about helping the guy who killed my sister. All That's the All we're asking brother. is that you talk about the Internet thing.
0: I can't.
3: Dr. Roberts, you know George Vogelman better than anybody.
2: But I
4: wouldn't be able to say that I truly know him. I see him at work. I... Look, his being arrested for this crime, it's hurt the whole office. I really don't want to step into a witness chair and associate our medical corporation he with him. He was any...
3: an usher at your wedding.
0: All right. Who's Doctor is totally betraying his friend and A
1: Podiatrist, potentially? He's got a lot of feet around the office.
0: So many feet. Yeah, well, I, I believe that our good friend George was in a Podiatry partnership, aha, uh-huh. with Paul Messinger, who plays this doctor, who you would know from Gilmore Girls, Seventh Heaven, Party of Five, and Sliders. Thanks, George.
1: Wait, what's Paul. his name? And I couldn't imagine Paul him doing Paul.
4: What yeah, 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 Ringo. Him of. But nor could I imagine his taste for
5: pornography.
1: Oh uh, yeah, who could perv? Yeah how oh,
0: normal pornography oh god what a monster but he did if you know you i was thinking about this to... with sorry with I the talk- uh oh, oh, oh man what a, we're having a great episode you, i was thinking with all these internet things
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all of these internet uh choices and behaviors seem more extreme if you remember that it was 1998, which meant they had to unplug their phone and log into dial-up to do an, any of these illicit internet activities. So it definitely was not as easy as just popping on your phone. You had to,
1: hmm.
0: you had to turn off your phone, dial-up into AOL,
1: and spend 45 minutes doing anything. You know, I was what I was going to say was, if you're fancying a, a post-holiday drinking game, grab yourself your screwdriver or a bloody mary or a drink of your choice and every time one of us coughs during this episode go ahead and go ahead and drop one back and i bet you'll be feeling pretty festive by the end of this whole podcast you might
0: be fatal (laughs) i think bobby might need to defend us from the class action lawsuit murder
1: strangers
4: at best all i could testify to is that i thought i knew him
3: even his friends have pulled away.
2: What have you got?
3: No history of violence, reputation for honesty. Came forward on his own volition. Loner. Advertises in the personals. Likes porno.
2: Keeps himself. Likes right. porno. <laughs> How many friends or associates you talk to? A dozen, maybe more. Anybody say they really knew the guy? I mean, completely? No. Great.
6: Okay, this is what I think. They go to the motel, then this woman rejected him at the wrong time. Maybe he felt sexually humiliated or whatever. This is the ultimate ridicule, and then he snapped, chopped off her head. Now, what's he going to do? He's got no chance of getting away with it. He's got a better shot at making it look like he was framed.
2: So, he sticks her head in his medical bag and the big show begins. Loner.
6: foot doctor. He did it.
2: Got mad, lost his head.
6: The loner. Is that it? Anything else? You know, Death penalty in Massachusetts, right?
0: Regardless with Cameron's, uh, with her feelings about that, that's not an unreasonable line of thought. Yeah. I mean, obviously we're set up to be on on George's side here, but like, yeah, that all tracks. He's a, he's a loner. He's been sexually humiliated and frustrated. These things happen. I mean, not to us.
1: Yeah, but that, that that may be true, but that doesn't gel with him being that smart to premeditate it so that he'd go into his to well, front's but, office the next day but and like, have a that's not
0: premeditated, it, that's postmeditated. Because, sorry, right, so let's let's say he killed her in a fit of rage, and then, being a doctor, he's a, he's a bright guy, he'd, he'd, he'd out figure life. out, like, alright, what's the best way to get away with this murder? Let me frame myself, because there's probably a lot of evidence that says I ended up with her and this, that, the other thing. Like, let me frame myself in this wildly elaborate way that brings in the serial killer we've heard of before. Like, it's not that unreasonable.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure if we spoke about it last week. I'm sure it might have come up, but the more I've kind of thought about it, yeah, I guess I am kind of quiet, aren't I? Yeah, you're a little quiet. Uh, I'm just I just don't want to peek out so much on this microphone because it's it's new, you know, the gear's new here. Anywho, uh I you know, you can't really get on the DA's case for not going after anybody else because there's no even hypothesis as to who would want to frame this guy. Like there's just That's... no other working hypothesis. So they've got the guy who most likely did it, he's the guy who had her head, and had was last seen with her. I think it's—he's fairly accused at at worst.
0: Well, I mean, I think it's—I think it's reasonable that the prosecution thought they had it in the bag.
3: Don't be shaking it. Boo. No, no, no. No, it's good. Your head. I—I I, I, I acquiesce. They're going to tell their story, <laughs> and then we're going to get to tell ours. Okay. Bathroom. Anybody need to go?
5: Oh set. I went. It's nice. It's the first time
0: they brought up ever using the bathroom in this world. But I think it adds a scene sense of
4: realism. Her. her severed head was in his possession. Her blood was in his car.
0: The prosecutor yeah. as is our played case by Austin show, Titchener here. There is not one piece,
4: not one we've seen piece before. of physical or testimonial evidence that points to anybody other than George Vogelman. That's because George Vogelman gruesomely, hideously murdered Susan Robin It's not even a question
0: Well It's absolutely a question I think that's the entire purpose of this
1: trial Is to deal with that question
3: Sometimes how things look Are not No chair brooch. No chair broach for There's a will. reason we bother with the trial All we ask is that you be objective And you pay close attention Fan. To everything you hear
1: Nice. Did I have a perm, Mr. Tisbury oh. I don't
4: know. They can st- I think Commonwealth that's cool. calls Helen Gamble to the stand.
7: His attorneys called and asked me to come down to their offices.
4: What's that? Why would they call you, Miss Gamble? Well, on the, the stand. the
7: there is my roommate. Another one I've dated.
4: So then we needed to have you, a reason for to be the district attorney.
7: I don't think they were expecting special treatment. They wanted to surrender a client and hoped I could help them do it quietly. Did they tell you any
4: details about the case?
7: No, they simply asked me to come to the offices. They said it was serious. So you went? Yes.
4: And what happened after you got there?
7: They took me into a room. Could you recap the last three episodes very quickly for us in in case you
1: missed it? How did you respond?
7: I I freaked out, Allie
1: McBeal style.
7: Then they pointed to the bag.
4: Truly? Is this the bag? Yes. Mark and identify, Your Honor. Marked, except one. And what happened next?
1: Is—is is this the bag, uh, the one I'm putting my fingerprints all over?
4: Ms. Gamble? Well, I think at this point they that should sailed. The they've probably done the and did you? Yes.
1: And
4: what did you see?
7: A human head.
1: Hmm. Oh, did you? Now, Miss Gabriel. did you find that sexy? If I could.
7: Oh. You got to be kidding! Objection.
0: He just pulled out a cooler. Counselor.
4: Is what's in that cooler? What I think it is. Chain of custody, Your I Honor. I
1: object. That is some bullshit. Yeah. What the hell? No way. No way. No way. No way. Not to mention, like, that's akin to bringing the- a corpse in. Yeah, it's it is. It is a corpse. It's literally the most important part of the co- of what makes a corpse a corpse. Now, Keith, who's to say? what the most important part of the corpse is. (laughs) Who's to say? But your point is taken.
0: I mean, are you going to go with head or heart? I don't know, but it feels relatively important.
1: Well, whatever can fit in in a sensible-sized cooler, apparently.
0: In a cooler, which apparently they just, like, the severed head, they just sort of keep on ice in a cooler, but... That's uh, like the best way to preserve the. Uh, hey,
1: David. The head. David, call on line one. Uh, someone from Igloo Coolers yeah, uh, is on the phone. They definitely want you to take the name of their cooler out of the episode, so they don't want their name associated with uh, storing body parts. I don't. I know it's a surprise to me too, but we're gonna have to go ahead and uh, blur that out. I don't know, but I, I've just I've
0: written this really cool scene, and it gets its own special shot. I mean, it gets a one shot
1: just of the cooler igloo head of the class when it comes to cooling <laughs> to that in chambers council chambers head the
4: shoulders above
0: the competition above the let's go we, we were in neck and neck but we separated <laughs> from the competition
1: oh that's the winner <laughs>
3: Just bringing that thing in is grounds for a mistrial. You want a
4: mistrial on the first witness, Eleanor? That's a stunt to inflame the jury. Would it be all right if I talk?
1: And that says the judge. It better be good. Your yes, Honor, stenographer. You don't get any money for a line, so but you grotesque. can just, just, t- it's just type there. How?
4: He had it in his bag. Anybody who could carry something like that around, it's evidence of the kind of psychotic mind that goes with the very crime. First of all, he didn't know it was in his bag. Even under your theory, he didn't do it. He knowingly had it in his bag for more than three hours before he called.
3: Because he panicked.
4: You make your arguments, I'll make mine. Your Honor, they'll be saying he behaved like an innocent man. As soon as he saw it, he called the police. Well, that's not what he did. He carried it back to his car, drove to his lawyer's office, carried it up the elevator. You can introduce all that without bringing the head into court. He
3: wants to horrify the
4: jury, Your Honor. That's I maintain that's relevant. A reasonable person would be horrified. A reasonable person would repulse and not even approach the bag again, much less pack
1: it up, go to the car. Counsel, It's legitimate for the jury. He's had some sensible points he's making there.
0: No, I, I, I mean, it's not his job to prove that George is a psycho, it's his job to prove that he did it for any reason, but it is pretty suspicious when you keep and walk
1: around with a head in a bag for three hours before telling anybody. I know, if we squash a spider or a cockroach in the bathroom, I, I don't even want to go in there for days after we've removed it.
0: Yeah, Fair enough. I squish a cockroach. I like to experience some of
4: the horror, so they can assess what's a reasonable reaction under the circumstances. The head
3: is inadmissible. I want him sanctioned in open court, Your Honor. The cooler alone. Why don't you just be satisfied with my ruling and leave it there? I love sassy
4: judge.
0: (laughs) What you just heard
4: there? Ice settling.
0: (laughs) That noise came from the cooler. From Igloo.
7: He then gave me the address of the motel that he and the victim had gone to.
2: And did you go there?
7: Yes, along with Detective McCrew and Attorney Frutt. We went there and discovered the body.
2: Mr. Vogelman cooperated at all times, did he not? Yes, he did. In fact, the only reason you or the police nor crime had even been committed is because Mr. Vogelman came forward. That's true. And blood scrapings from the floorboards of his car. Exact genetic match with the victim.
1: It's a they montage,
2: friendly with the bar, but there was nothing it's sexual going on. Did they leave your bar together, sir? No. He left and then she a left murder
5: about montage, 10 or 15 if you a well, more of a witness montage of yeah.
7: well even if she a go to a bar, which I guess she did, I couldn't ever see her going back to a motel with some guy she just met. Plus. Plus what? Sorry, but he's kind of old and not very good looking.
1: <laughs> like, I, how dare you call my sister a slut? But if she was a slut, she would not be a slut with that guy.
0: She would be banging the hot guy.
1: Not the someone only with a prosthetic nose. belong
0: to the victim or the defendant. So if somebody else did go okay, in so there. Wait
5: a minute. It had to be immaculate.
0: Stop right there. Right, we have to talk about a, a little bit about the timeline here. Because we just had this big, long montage that started with James Pickens Jr. as Detective what's-his-name. Then we went to, like, 30 other people, then back to James Pickens here. So are we to believe that they called him back to continue testimony after all those people, or did we just have a fuzzy timeline of our
1: montage? I'd like to know. Uh, I think the latter <laughs> yeah I, I I, think just like that was some shitty editing it's yeah. happened
3: murders leaving behind no physical evidence whatsoever
1: they probably shot a whole scene of his testimony and we're like nah just place well, it in with the montage we're about to see it no <laughs> However, it ha- so the better edit would have, been, would have been him being last have him be last yeah. exactly. yes but the odds of it's this-
3: happened yes or no detective
2: Yes. And, Detective, you're familiar with a serial killer known as the Poet? We don't believe that. The, the question poet is was. Are you familiar with a serial killer known as the Poet? Yes. Again, yes or no? This person decapitates his victims, yes or no? Yes.
1: Yes, I'm aware, and I'm truly scared. I was hoping that you would not take testimony there.
0: Did you just do a little poetry for us? I did. Thanks for picking but up on you that. But ruled buddy.
1: him out.
7: The
0: are you are you the, are you the poet as well?
1: And Don't you know were you, it? Were you <laughs> 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 Oh, I thought you'd blow it. Oh, boy. <laughs> Sorry everyone. We are really we're NyQuil-ing it up in here. <laughs> Leaves the head
2: behind. <laughs> he doesn't take it with him. Drink
3: it's gone as well as can be expected.
5: This is going well, even I'm beginning to think I'm guilty.
3: Look, everything they put in. We That's were not ready good, George. No. It's not like they put up some surprise witness that said you've done some strange things to cats or something. George, you know what I mean.
4: Like We've the producers expected of the movie.: all of This
3: testimony. It's not that it's not damaging, but there haven't been any surprises.
5: So what now?:
2: We might want to rest. Rest. What? Well think about it. All they've proven is two things. He was with her, he had her head.
6: Pretty good proof, ask me.
2: No weapon, no eyewitness. They tied him to a corpse, not a crime. Still, You You can't rest on that. Look, I'm not saying it's a thing to do, but let's face it.
1: So, uh, for the record, quick stop here. Uh, We're we're a good 15 minutes or so into the episode, or or 12, and we've yet to touch any other case. So it seems like my prediction, though not a... It wasn't like I uh, was predicting the Super Bowl, but... uh, it looks like I'm pretty right here. Well, uh,
0: well, your prediction was whether we were going to resolve this case.
1: Oh, no. But what do we have? it is all nice a guy. story. So Maybe we, we think. should say to the
2: jury, hey, we were ready to put on a defense, but since they didn't make their burden, we don't need to.
1: That's is- a bad analogy, too, because I think I think it's fair to say that uh, the, the, the Ravens look like the team to beat.
0: Yeah, I mean...
1: Seattle's yeah, real I, good I too. certainly
0: would not want to play them. Yeah, there's a lot of good teams in the league this year. I mean, Seattle's been good. San Francisco's good. I th- I think Tom Brady. You might be uh, near in the end, but I wouldn't want to play Kansas City.
1: Oh yeah. The only Guys, thing I know for sure is that the NFC East won't be making an appearance. No. Guys, this has been sports ball with keep in mind, impromptu. That's like a bad edit, like Carl Pickens Jr. There. We should have. Uh... I should have included that earlier.
0: That's true. Oh, P.S. Do you recognize
1: that theme? The the, the sports ball music. It's got to be from Elway, yeah. It is from Elway, yeah. yeah. I'm a super fan, Keith. We already sprinkled on the ideas ideas idea of the poet,
3: internet, maybe a stalker. You can't rest. Pretty lame. Oh no, Eugene. He-
1: What's that one song? I want my corn fried fair fry.
0: So, all right, so you used some of my lyrics, but you sang it to, I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, the Chili's theme.
1: <laughs> Turns out that's, I want my corn fry flies and flying purple people eat it. <laughs> <sighs>
0: David E. Kelly, I'm going to send you a written note of apology this week.
1: What was that? How did it go? Sing me just a little bit that I'm trying
0: to think of. I want my corn-fed football American dream. I want my mom's apple pie and a Super Bowl team. I want it. Oh, 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 oh.
1: yeah. I want it. Oh, oh. 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 Uh, yeah. I wasn't too far off. It was no. You had much more of it than I do. He has a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people leader. He wants it. <laughs> Looks completely guilty. Can have you ever been? I mean, I partake in marijuana pretty often, but I might be higher than I've ever been on just straight-up NyQuil. I, th- I think you might be. Just
7: get up and say they didn't make their burden. That's stupid.
1: Well, maybe all we right. can say he involuntarily cut a head off five times. Oh, that's real funny. Call right. me stupid? I didn't call you all right. stupid. I oh, stupid to rest. All right. That was a good dig by Eugene there. Low blow, yeah, I, but a good dig.
0: I love this scene. It has the entire cast all discussing the case together.
1: It's you know... I, I, for our one listener who listens to the episode, I'm going to actually rewind it 10 seconds because I've been talking over the stup- this great scene.
7: You can't yeah. just get up and say they didn't make their burden. That's stupid.
1: Well, maybe we can right. say he involuntarily cut a head off five times. Oh, that's Never real mind. funny. Call right. me
7: stupid? I didn't call you all stupid. Right. I said it would be stupid to rest. All
2: right. Eleanor, what do you think? I need well, my lucky brooch. Eugene's
3: point, but I don't think a jury is going to let him go on a burden of proof thing. I think our best defense is George. He's honest, and he plays honest. If George didn't do it, then who? It's not our job to answer that question.
2: Well, I realize this, but it's the question
1: I keep asking,
2: and the jury's going to be asking it back in that room.
1: You tell me I'm not going to advance a theory know. that
2: I can't hold on, hold on. The He's that I can do. I understand you're thinking on this, Eleanor. The police basically stopped looking. That should be your defense. The only reason we don't know who else, if not George, is because the police never asked that question. That's what you have to key on. The guy had her head in his bag. We're going to put the police on trial for I'm not asking him else the, the police on on it. trial. You guys are playing games. At the end of the day, he had her head. That's got nothing to do with any faulty investigation. He had her head.
6: So tell us what to do, Einstein. I think
7: you
2: know something,
1: right. Lindsay? You you've been be bitchy, bitchy a lot. I was just about to compliment Jimmy there. And then he went out and just called her a bitch, so... Well, I mean, that's that's okay, Jimmy so for I you. I yeah. Jimmy.
7: I'm a bitch? On his defense there you you have to defend George. You can't be attacking the police.
2: We got to do both. We got to put George up, let him be as convincing as he can be, and we got to open the door to other possibilities.
7: Excuse me. Hello. Boyfriend lives alone, brother, big house. So? So.
3: The murder took place between 1 and 3 a.m. Why weren't they considered? They were checked out. They're both choir boys.
7: Yeah, but still, no official alibi if everyone's asleep. Why not plan B them?
6: They're going to testify anyway. What's plan B?
2: It might be worth a try.
6: Give them a soft plan B. What's plan B? Well, talk about a risk.
3: You got any better ideas? All right, but first, we have to be sure it won't backfire. Plan B, soft for both.
1: So, Keith, help me out here. Yes. Clearly, we're tiptoeing around the Plan B. We're gonna we're gonna let Lucy know what it is very shortly. Here, I can't remember ninety eight. Are they like is Are they making a soft reference to the abortion pill? No,
0: no. Uh, if, if you had been paying attention before, previously at least three times on the on the practice. They've referred to Plan B, which is accusing somebody of the crime on the stand by surprise. Uh,
1: yes, well, yes, it's one of their favorite go-to's. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just...
0: Now I have to say, at the end, now that we're sort of like at the end of the scene, what a terrific scene!
1: Great scene. I love yeah. this
0: for so many different reasons. Uh, one, you have everybody all together. You rarely see that. You have interpersonal stuff going on, but they're really just a bunch of smart, professional people. Making really good points and really working through a problem, uh, working together. It, it feels almost like Star Trek in that way, like uh, the, one of the conference room scenes. Uh, but I thought it, I just I, I, I'd love to have more and more of this where they're really and it also like it starts with a question, they go through it, they come up with an answer, and so by the end of the scene, we've actually gotten somewhere as opposed to just bickered for no reason.
1: And I like that they, you know, some of the insults they were flinging had to do with cases that they had just closed or cases that were touchy subjects. I mean, it was really written really right, well. Right, and they're,
0: they're rewarding their listeners for paying a t- Viewers for paying attention.
1: Speaking of rewarding our listeners, for any of you who are following me on my weird quandary that I just p- proposed to Keith, actually, Plan B, uh, the dr- the contraceptive drug, the uh, progestin-only Plan B prescription ju- uh, drug, levonorgestrel sorry how I, that I butchered that, was actually FDA-approved July 28th, 1998. So... How about th- that? I'll, I'm lying. 1999. So not applicable.
0: So it had not come up yet, but close. In clinical my, trials. My last thought about this scene. <laughs> you had seven major characters in a five-minute scene. How long did it take to film that and get coverage on everyone there? It must have taken 12, 15 hours to film that scene.
1: We don't have that kind of time. They did it in six.
2: Film every report. Make sure it's really available. They
3: both gave statements.
1: Dissect them. You take the boyfriend,
2: I got the brother.
3: What the hell is plan B?
0: We just talked about it. Don't you listen to How to Practice Podcast?
3: It's very dangerous because normally when the defense starts hatching theories of their (laughs) own, the jury can shift the burden back to us, which we definitely do not want. And when you say soft? Our soft plan B is we do it more gently. Instead of accusing, it's more like what ifing. It's less likely to alienate the jury. But it's a risky strategy. Well, then why do it? Because we don't have much else to go with.
1: We've got a head in a bag and some weird porno sites you look at. So we're, we're basically grasping at straws here, bro. Yeah.
0: Although it wasn't sites. It was like full on on VHS. What? Right.
5: The things that I've been reading about myself. will not used to
0: come papers. in like that big box.
5: I'm not a big fan of accusing people falsely.
1: Mike, how come we keep getting brown paper bags shipped to the house?
3: Nothing, mom. <laughs> Leave not it on like... the steps. <laughs> George. This is a murder trial here. You're the defendant.
1: At our blockbuster, the the adult room in the back, the door you had to go through to get there was literally two saloon cow like cowboy wild west. Oh sure, doors. Yeah. yeah. I
0: think that was standard for blockbuster. <laughs> I think my local one. If I remember correctly, it was like a beaded curtain. Gypsy
1: beads? Yeah, that's the other one. <laughs> <laughs> like
0: you were going into like, gonna, like somebody's basement to yeah. play some shag carpeting. Watch some porno on VHS.
1: First, I want to thank you for... We'll talk about it on another podcast, but... Uh- I only ever watched a porno tape with mo- with not with more than just myself. One there's like a communal viewing of this one porno tape. One time we watched just once. That's how I spent all of my teenage years. Yeah, it was just one time. It ended, oh. up, with, with, ended up with somebody saying, "I'll just I'll give you the punchline." But somebody shouting,
3: "Oh my God, it's butt cheese!" Oh God! <laughs> and second, I want oh, to
0: take back the last
4: you thirty seconds Robbins of my life.
3: Boyfriend? Yes. And you loved her. I did. Jay, we've heard a lot of testimony to the effect that it was uncharacteristic for Susan to have gone to a bar alone, and especially to a motel with a man she had just met. Would you agree with that testimony? Yes. I know this is a difficult question, and I thank you in advance for your honesty. Was your sister a But you do know of a reason why she may have behaved uncharacteristically that night, don't you?
4: It's the boyfriend. A possible reason.
3: Could you share that with us?
4: Susan had... Discovered me with another woman the day of her death.
3: Murmurs. Murmur, so murmur, it could have murmur, been. Murmur, murmur. She went to a bar and then to a motel with another man. Out of hurt, as a way of lashing back.
4: I don't think she would do that. I, I really don't. But I can't exclude the possibility. No.
3: Jay, do Jimmy's you have any information in. on Susan's death? No. You were home when this happened. Info. Asleep. Excuse, Excuse me, plan B.
2: Could I confer with counsel one second? Make it fast. Jimmy one of the cops. This guy supposes was on the phone with right the other woman until two in the morning.
3: Why wasn't that in the report?
2: I don't know. But you can't plan being. We'll get clipped.
3: What about the brother?
2: Still a shot there. I hope.
0: Good thing they found that out ahead of time.
3: Okay, Jay. That's all I have. Nothing further, Your Honor.
0: See, I like that beat, what too. happened? It
1: feels realistic. He had, they had to,
3: Look, it still went okay. <laughs> Any idea that you may be abducted or we put a dent in that. They had to Those abort very their plan small
1: B. Ah, man, Bobby would have still gone for it. Bobby would plan be anybody.
3: <laughs> As it seems. Anything new on the brother? At all? No. I'd go hard.
1: What? it?
2: And look like a monster?
3: I will soften it on clothes. Go for him.
2: Plan B. That son Something of a bitch. Something about somebody on a chat line. That's
0: Look, if I want somebody said. to come in hostile, she I want it to have a relationship. Need.
1: And to just reiterate the tactic here, Keith, because it's I think duly noted that you pay a lot more attention than I do. When we're Plan b there, it doesn't really matter whether they have any semblance of guilt or not. It's just to put some reasonable doubt in the jury. Yes.
0: That's right. They're just they're tr- basically just trying to muddy the waters and make it. Confusing it's it's sort of like the Ukraine meddled in the election version, right? It's just like I have like I'm totally I know my guys completely guilty I'm just gonna start pointing fingers that make no sense everywhere. I go to try and cause make it look muddy and
2: both sides With on the internet she didn't really give details uh, my sister and I weren't too close lately well, Why was that? Well since my father had become ill there was a lot of tension I had a business that failed and had moved back home. She didn't think that was helping my dad's stress level. It was just family stuff. The point is, we didn't share a lot of intimate secrets. Steve, do you think this stuff, your dad's illness, your business problems, could they have added to your sister's stress level? I'm sure they did. Maybe caused her to go to a bar, just to have a drink, talk to somebody? That I don't know. You didn't know she'd gone to a bar? Me? No. Or to a motel with Mr. Vogelman? No. How would I have known that? Well, you'd know if you'd followed her. What? Did you follow your sister that night? Objection. Excuse Permission me? to treat this witness is hostile, Your Honor. Your Honor? This witness is the brother of the victim. Permission to treat him as hostile.
0: Wish I could say that in real life.
2: Go ahead. This business failure of yours, did you incur any debt? Is there What's an offer on? of
4: proof? Sit down, Mr. Tisbury.
2: How much money did you lose, Steve? About $300,000. You owe this amount to people? I had investors, yes. Your father, he has liver cancer, isn't that right? Yes. He was diagnosed with about eight months to live? Yes. According to his will, if you know, who inherits his estate? I guess me. You guess you? You're the sole beneficiary. Yes. But if your sister was still alive, then there'd be two beneficiaries, wouldn't there? What are you saying? I'm saying that it works out well for you having your sister die before your dad. What? If you would outlived him, then the estate goes sideways, maybe split. Objection. All right. Mr. Young? This witness has testified to his estrangement with his sister. He has testified to his debt. He is also the only one to serve up the internet red herring. Perhaps to use as a safety net in case suspicion ever fell to him. Move to strike all of that. I am entitled
1: to question this witness. Go ahead. Now, Keith, television is telling me that I should be taking note of the weird faces the father is making in response to this.
0: Yes. Yes, it is.
1: Just want to point that out since our listeners can't see that. The father is looking very uneasy, but not just like a passing shot of him looking uneasy, but like a sustained wide shot of him looking uneasy. Well, to
0: be fair... His son has just been accused in open court of murdering his daughter. I do feel like that would probably, most people would find that upsetting.
1: I don't disagree. I'm just telling you, my spidey senses are tingling. (laughs) Uh (laughs) This episode brought to you by NyQuil. 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 You need to get fucked up. We got you. Would you like to Anybody document you the your, your weird, murder, broken Steve?
2: brain, NyQuil brain? <laughs> My father was home. Were you home before your father went to bed? No. When did you get home? Probably around midnight. Did he see you come in? He goes to bed at 10. Ever take any medication for depression, Steve? Uh, Objection! Overruled. You ever take any medication for a mental condition, Steve? I take lithium. For depression? Yes. Did you murder your sister in frame, George Vogelman? What? All right, you hold on, hold to on. The <laughs> bar, then go to the- Depression doesn't make you kill people.
0: However, I'm also not entirely aware that lithium is used to treat depression, or at least not anymore. Isn't that for, like, schizophrenia?
1: Yeah, I thought it was a 90s band.
0: Well, also that. But if he was schizophrenic and was given lithium for that, that gives you more credence to him possibly being violent
1: yeah no, tr- I know it's true I will say that definitely depression the leap from depression to murder is now if he was saying Steve, did you start a podcast? I'd say <laughs> I'd say the dots connect but thus far Eugene
0: well no I, I think it's this like I'll hey ta- are you are you super depressed? Yes all right did you murder somebody or did you start a podcast Which one of those was your coping mechanism?
1: I murdered my sister. Too much work to do a podcast. Overruled. was a perfect
2: opportunity, wasn't it? You could get George Vogelman's address by running down his plates. After he leaves the motel, you go inside and make yourself a sole beneficiary, and then go to plant the head in George's car. You see the bag and think, ah, even better. Wipe out a debt and sibling rivalry all in a night's work. That's sick! Did the police ever question you in connection with your sister's death? Of course they didn't. They never even brought you down for questioning? No, they did not. Maybe you pulled off the perfect crime, Steve. Objection! <laughs> state. Maybe you were that good! Objection! Mr. Young! Withdrawal. It's a shame they never checked you out.
0: Guys, that is some really excellent lawyering from Eugene there.
1: That is how you plan? Be a bitch.
0: Because he it literally is. He did two things. One, he established a pretty credible motive for murder of somebody else. And he was able to sneak in the fact that the police <clears throat> didn't interview him. Mm-hmm. And then so setting up an in- inadequate investigation as an alternative And an alternative murderer at the same time. Eugene like killed it.
1: This is a uh, well. Our viewers can't see or our listeners can't see it, but this is an angle we don't generally see. You notice that, Keith?
0: From the back of the courtroom. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like a Plan B shot. Uh Uh Boo. Eleanor is pretty satisfied.
2: Well, the jury either really hates
3: us. Or we created some doubt. I think you did great. I
2: don't know, the kid lost his sister. I just accused him of killing her meanwhile his dad is dying.
0: Yeah, Do if not they didn't try that's to make me shitty. feel
2: good.
3: Is it possible he could have done it? That's not important. What is, is you're up next. Okay. George, you've got to just speak the truth from your heart. If the jury can see you for who you really are, they will have to question whether you could have done this. And remember, 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 you cannot say anything that goes to your character. We cannot open that door. We cannot give them any chance to introduce those porno videos.
0: <laughs> okay. Don't say porn, don't say porn, don't, be don't say afraid porn. to look
3: at the jury. You've got nothing to hide.
5: Right.
1: Okay. Uh, the Vegas money is on this isn't going to I'll see go after lunch.
0: I made a good day though. I think.
1: Not. Not when he gets on the stand. I don't know. I think George. George, reads? what's your middle name? Porno. Oh God.
2: in his hands now
3: he'll be fine mm-hmm.
1: will he
0: here's the father. the father has just showed up you asked
2: us
4: to trust you my boy got up because you convinced him to
7: honor the truth
2: mr robin i got an innocent man about to go down for a crime he didn't commit
1: Okay, so context here. The dad is walking on a cane because he has cancer. He turns around. By the way, do you notice how much the dad looks like an old Raul Esparza?
0: I haven't yet, but I'll look for it now.
1: He turns around with his, like, single cane and just bitch hits Eugene.
0: Who went down like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Eugene?
3: Eugene? Eugene? Uh, go,
1: you just there.
7: stole my son's innocence.
3: You're
0: garbage. Eugene's gotta go into the tent. It's in protocol.
1: You'll need to go in. Oh. Mm. Wait to sell it, Eugene. Ow!
3: Last one.
2: we yeah, use it some more? Like thirty stitches. Okay. He got nailed.
6: Excuse me. I'm Lucy Hatcher. I have new clothes for him. He's due back in court. Well, can you wait outside? Sure. Keith,
1: <coughs> I, I, owe you an, I owe you an apology.
6: For
0: for what?
1: You remember when you first said that you like took a shining to Lucy, and I yeah. made fun. I made fun of you. Uh huh. Yeah, I apologize.
0: Are are you finding that? Are you uh? You finding her a little shiny these days?
1: Yeah, she 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 ha- she, she make me happy.
0: Oh, that might, that literally might have distilled the most uncomfortable moment in about 80 hours of recording so far. (laughs) NyQuil Mike. The quote was, she, 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 she make me happy. I'm not, like, I'm not even going to play the bumper because Mike isn't thirsty. Mike is terrifying. I think you might have killed that girl. You put her head in the bag, didn't you? Because she 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 made you so happy you had to decapitate her and put her head in the bag. And you're not allowed to cut this. No. <laughs>
3: Cool Mike,
0: Mike, <laughs> Mike, uh, cool Mike also finds his way funnier than it should be.
2: <laughs> wow!
0: <laughs> I think I broke
1: Mike. Oh, I'm done for. Oh, I'm so done for. <laughs> oh. Oh man, please tell me you're going to cut out that when I just say she, she, she make me happy.
0: Oh no, that is staying in. Uh, and that's, oh, wow. Okay, well, sorry oh. we broke Mike.
1: Oh man, uh, that, was, that made me laugh.
6: Wow, you just bashed your head in for calling his son the killer?
2: Something like that.
6: Make sure you tell him to rub vitamin E on. It'll help with the scar. That's true. Thank you. You know, you really could wait outside.
1: Sure. Have we seen that medical professional before? She nurse says it's a half hour till no, church. we have not,
0: but we can definitely do that? medical professional
1: and That, that lady.
0: That doctor or nurse is a little unclear, is played by Kelly Waymire from the pits, six feet under Wolf Lake, and on Star Trek Voyager, she played she played Lanya in Muse, and on Enterprise, she was a recurring character as crewman Cutler. Hold on, let me find it. It's no. here somewhere. Yeah, unnecessary Star Trek reference. The line
2: must be drawn here. This far, no father!
0: It's sad. She was a good actress. She unfortunately and died my at thirty six with a cardiac arrhythmia. She died. Yeah oh, Yeah man. she was I, I, I think the rumor was she was going to become a regular A series regular on, on Enterprise Before she unexpectedly
5: died
1: That does not make me happy
5: No There it was Her head? Yes
3: And what did you do next?
5: First I went into a little shock Then I came to you my lawyer <laughs> And together we went to the police
3: Do I you sued? know of anybody who ago. would want to incriminate you like this?
5: No. George,
3: you have to know how this looks. Can't you tell us anything?
5: All I can tell you is I didn't kill this woman. We made love. I left, and she was alive.
1: And unsatisfied. Why
5: didn't you go back to your place? Why a motel? My place
4: wasn't very impressive or neat. You leave a bar after midnight with a woman you just met you're worried about neatness yes so you said i understand let's go to a yeah. motel and she I said wouldn't... yes a 23
0: year old in the day
4: not have woman, she a said, woman sure. home to a messy that's house that's what happened and after you made love why'd you leave why not spend the night
1: you haven't had a lot of one-night stands have you
0: i have not no
1: no not you i'm talking about the the prosecutor
5: oh 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 why'd you yeah, leave
1: what were we gonna do play uno and call it an eve you go home
0: yeah
5: i had a very early morning at work
4: anybody see you leave the motel not that i know of anybody see you when you got home
5: not that i know of
4: anybody you know of who could testify that it's against your character to kill a person objection sustained mr vogelman basically all you have to suggest your innocence is your word do you have any evidence or witnesses to corroborate and your word is worth anything?
3: Objection! Sidebar! Step up.
0: I think it's a fair point.
3: He's the trying to he's force trying us, trying to get us up, a character yeah. testimony so he can backdoor the videos on impeachment. Any witness who takes the stand puts his truthfulness in issue.
4: I'm entitled to cross.
3: Attack him on truthfulness if you want. But don't be asking what
4: witnesses or evidence he has. Step back.
0: I like this judge. Yeah, and good work by Eleanor, mm-hmm. smelling that and shutting it down. Mr. Vogelman, you married? No. Girlfriend?
4: No. Have you ever had a girlfriend? No. Ever been in any relationship? I've dated. You've dated? How old are you, sir? Forty-three. 43 years old and you've never had a relationship.
3: Asked and answered.
4: Sustained. What about high school even? Did you go to your high school prom?
3: Objection.
4: Sustained, let's keep things current, counsel. Do you meet women through the personals? Sometimes I do. You sometimes go to bars, meet women there? Yes. Ever meet a woman on the internet? Ooh, what a perv. Ever meet a woman on the internet, Mr. Vogelman? What a freak. Yes. Are you the man Susan Robin met on the internet? No. Did she go to that bar to meet you, the man on the internet? No.
5: I met her at the bar. I never communicated with her on the internet.
1: So Eleanor is making some faces here. She's thinking, wow, if he is an internet killer, could I have been one of his victims?
0: Well, in that her head is still attached? Probably not.
1: That's because she said he was ugly.
0: Yeah, that's, one last you know, that's a good way. If you feel like you're about to be Mr. murdered, insult and then the murderer.
1: Done. Say this woman meets
4: a man on the internet. He maybe oversells himself just a little. She agrees to meet him. She's disappointed. Rejects him. And this man, who's been rejected so many times, has finally had enough. Objection. This is an argument, not a question.
1: Now, normally that person who was rejected would just bring a civil litigation. But since he's learned that you can't win that civil litigation... He has to resort to murder.
0: That's true. And P.S. Entirely apropos of nothing, but Eugene has a big bandage on his head. (laughs) But the hospital only had white people bandages, which are pretty much the only ones they made for most of time. So it looks ridiculous.
1: Enough is enough, right, George? This episode of the Out of Practice Podcast brought to you by white people bandages. White people (laughs) bandages. Because your head's cut and you're white people
0: We have all colors of beige.
4: Do you have any more questions, Mr. Tisbury? No, your honor. I don't believe I do.
1: Well, that wasn't really well planned out. They were able to object their way right through his cross.
0: For the most part, but he did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they didn't really nail him down like you thought. You might, might be able happen. to get him there. But you know, he certainly introduced the line of thought of that he's that he was a creepy stalker, internet guy, loner, and might have snapped. Because even though they objected to it, the Council? Jury still heard him ask the question. Ms. Frutt?
3: Nothing, Your Honor.
4: The
2: witness may step down. <clears throat>
3: I
1: don't think he did himself any favors.
2: Any ideas? I hate to rest on that.
3: Should we redirect?
2: I don't think so. It could get worse. Maybe we... What? I have an idea. Are
3: they gonna We just saw Helen? that
2: Helen's in the, the court. The
3: defense recalls Helen Gamble. She's right back there.
6: Ms. Gamble, step up, please.
0: Uh-oh.
1: Are they gonna plan B Helen?
0: Did Helen murder her?
1: What are
6: you doing, Miss Gamble? Please take the stand. Eugene,
0: Eugene looks
4: scared.
1: Not happy about
0: it, yeah. But he has a concussion. I, I remind you, know. you're still under oath.
1: Remember when oath meant going on? something, Keith? <laughs>
0: Ooh, go to commercial on Helen.
3: You testified the reason we called you that day is because of your relationship with our office. I assumed that was the reason you called me. Well, does our office enjoy a certain trust with you? I would think so. And a candor? Yes. And in the spirit of that candor, did you and I have a conversation about this case last week? Objection. Overruled. Did we talk Uh-oh. about this case? Where's she going with it? Miss Gamble, did you and I discuss this case?
7: Briefly and
3: generally. And did you tell me that the police and the DA's office both just wanted a check solved in the little box next to Objection! Overruled. Let me speed things up. Did you basically tell me that given the publicity, a conviction is desperately needed here? That if anybody else were charged with this crime, your office would never get that conviction? Since George Vogelman having the head in his medical bag would guarantee reasonable doubt to whoever else was charged? And because of that, the police and the DA's office, on at least an unconscious level, might want to believe that George Vogelman is the killer and therefore not bother to look for anybody else? Did you share all that with me? First, I have no direct information
7: on this case. Second... Please, just respond. I am responding. It was a long question, counsel. Your Honor?
4: She can answer.
7: I never suggested, or even hinted, that somebody else besides George
3: Vogelman committed this crime. I didn't ask what you thought.
7: And I never suggested that the DA's office wasn't convinced of your client's guilt.
3: Did you say they might not want to look further? That it's easier to believe you've got the right guy when there's pressure to get a conviction? I said sometimes it's been known to happen. That's pretty fucked up. I didn't say it happened here. Yes, but you said it's been known to happen in a conversation about this case. Didn't you?
7: Oof. Again,
3: I have no reason
7: to believe that this particular investigation has been anything but proper
3: and thorough. Thank you. That was a good answer for the team.
0: It's a case of don't be friends with your enemies. Because they will fuck you.
2: Are you suggesting the investigation's tainted? There was collusion.
0: I have to say though, that's really good work by Helen. She's I not gonna get a cookie basket from Helen, but she did what she had to.
7: What's that, Eleanor? Helen, I'm sorry. You you just cut my legs out. Sorry? I tell you something in confidence and you ambush me in open court? I had
3: to make a choice. I had a duty to my client. No good. You screwed me in this office for the last time. I was backed into a. That's crap.
1: So that didn't go well. What it uh, went well She's in right. the trial, maybe not so much What was for I going to do?
3: Tell George, hey, I could have saved you, but... George isn't the only client in this firm. No, Pearson is.
2: She's right, Eleanor. We need our credibility with every case, not just this it's one. It's not
3: something I planned to do. But you did
2: it! We have to rely on relationships with DAs a lot. Sometimes those off-the-cuff conversations make the difference. you think any DA down there is going to want to talk
3: to us again? So I should let George go down so we can preserve our invites to the Christmas parties? Yes.
2: Yeah. Our dialogue with that office is more important than any one case.
3: i got to deal with them on sentencing next week. I'm sure they'll be in great moods oh, to... get over your professor, Lindsay. What did you do, sleep with the guy?
0: That was uncalled for. She just threw a book at her, fam. And... <clears throat> Hey, Eleanor. Hey, I, up. I, love it I mean, girl's up until they got Quiet, to the sex Lucy. part, both up, sides had good arguments.
2: Mm-hmm. You too. I don't care what the stakes are. If the DA has an off-the-record conversation with any of us, it stays off the record. Otherwise, it's like Lindsay says,
3: we lose our credibility in every case. I will tell that to the drowning man that you're more concerned about the boat.
2: I am not talking to a drowning man, Eleanor. I am talking to you. Let's everybody settle down a little. There's a lot of stakes for a lot of people. Tearing each other new armpits isn't going to help anybody.
0: <laughs> Hold on. We just got a new Jimmyism.
1: Tearing, Tearing each a other new in. armpit. Hey.
0: Don't tear me another armpit.
1: Although, Can't you know. Say asshole <laughs> on TV. I find that it's interesting. They keep bringing up Lindsay going all the way for her client, but truthfully, well, literally
0: and figuratively, possibly.
1: Yeah, but what a underhanded thing! Because Eleanor, in any other circumstance, if had you know had things worked out with George, what a slap thing. like. Well, and
0: beyond that, like, isn't the whole conflict here that Eleanor went all the way for her client? Like, she'd do anything for her client. Here, that's what they're fighting about, right? Like, they're both accusing each other of being overzealous in the defense of their clients. Feels like it's eleven. p.m. Of course they
3: had to arrest George Vogelman. The
0: Guys? It's closing time. Time to put your case to bed. It's closing.
1: Defense dressed
3: as a ninja, Eleanor Fred. Victim's head was in his possession. I don't blame the police for thinking he did it. How could they not? As a full on ninja. How could you not? But there's a reason nobody saw him commit the crime. There's a reason there was no weapon connected to him. He didn't do it. Who did? I don't know. You heard my co-counsel grill Susan Robin's brother as a possible suspect. Well, let me admit a truth. We don't have any direct evidence to conclude the brother did it. If so, we certainly would have offered it. But he did have a motive. He was estranged from her. His debt, the will, his whereabouts at the time can't really be accounted for. He could have done it. The reason we can't know is because the police never really bothered to check that out. Steve Robbins said himself that they never even questioned him. Imagine, he has motive, opportunity, no alibi, and they didn't even investigate him as a possibility. Why? Because the head was found in George Vogelman's medical bag. And Jay Hickman, Susan's boyfriend? For the record, that was an extra coughing, not us. His whereabouts can't be accounted for either. For the
0: first time this episode Motive?
3: well. She was with another man in a motel. And just who was she talking to on the internet? There are a lot of questions left unanswered here because the police never really looked. You heard District Attorney Helen Gamble admit it's possible they didn't want to find anybody else because they needed to get a conviction on this. And the head, being in George Vogelman's bag, he was the only one they could possibly convict. Easier to stay with him and not complicated. Any evidence offered as to George Vogelman's motive? No. And why? If he is supposedly trying to get away with a crime, does he put the victim's head in a bag and go to the police with it? Does that make sense? And let's not forget about the poet, a known serial killer out there in the Boston area that has an M.O. for decapitating victims. Has anybody accounted for him? There are a lot of questions... I sure hope the show does at some point. (laughs) Questions that were never asked or explored because this just seemed so simple. The head was in his bag. He must have done it. Well, he didn't. I have no doubt the prosecution needs that conviction. They surely do. But they are prosecuting the wrong man.
0: Maybe. No
4: evidence, not even microscopic, of anybody else being in that room, except George Vogelman. Defense counsel gave us quite a show which is pretty
0: remarkable they? considering it's a hotel room.
1: Yeah, in fact, if there's any truth validity to what he just said, that is that is astounding evidence.
0: It's a, well, but it's evidence for an amazing cleaning crew.
1: Well, that's why they leave that little tip envelope there.
0: Yeah, he, I sure hope he left the, the tip. brother did it. Before
1: he no, packed No, maybe head it into was the
4: boyfriend. How about that serial killer? Forensics combed that room. There were saliva samples, fibers from clothing, semen, hair strands, fingerprints. They didn't go to a serial killer or Susan Robin's brother or her boyfriend. They all belonged to George Vogelman, the man who says he went home alone, the man who sits there with no alibi. Yes, it was easy to conclude he did it. And on top of all the insurmountable evidence at the scene, he had the victim's head. My God, he decapitated a woman. And his lawyers have offered you nothing but spin as a defense. Did they put in one piece of physical or testimonial evidence? Anything at all exculpatory? No. Just spin. Tell you what.
0: No, he did it. Look
1: there. Both Tisbury,
0: the character, and Titchener, the actor, are doing a very good job here.
1: Agreed. Smell an oopsie in his future.
0: Could be, could be. Don't forget that police conspiracy.
4: Collusion with the DA. And they expect you to let him
1: go? Look. No collusion. No quid pro quo. Ukraine had the head. It's in a secret (laughs) server. Uh i think i'm sold i i i would i don't see enough reasonable doubt to let him off so
0: you are convict uh,
1: if unless there's anything else introduced no yes uh,
0: interesting
4: okay they're not insulting your intelligence ladies and gentlemen they're assuming but as any you jury member will know
1: i am very smug any.
0: that's true What if they lose and they pissed off? <laughs> Mike is pompous. Interesting.
5: Got any predictions?
3: Take a minute. Innocent, deal. guilty, or hung.
0: Whoa. Not exactly a great bedside manner there, Eleanor.
5: Eugene. Could you excuse us a second? Uh oh. Sure.
0: I just wanna kill one more woman before I go to jail.
1: (laughs) I need something to remember you by.
5: the evidence is closed, right? Yeah. Then I'm going to tell you something. We both know I've always had some motive to tell you I'm innocent. It allowed you to let me testify. It allowed you to, I don't know, try harder. But now, the evidence being closed, it doesn't matter what I tell you. I'm innocent. I didn't do it. When you looked at me a few months ago, you said you when believed in me. When I saw this the me. first
0: time, I could have sworn he but was But you couldn't say fully trust it.
5: yourself to believe in what you believe. You can trust yourself, Eleanor. You've been right all along. He's going to be found guilty. I didn't do More it More tears.
0: Good job, Cameron. As always. Shot of Austin.
6: You know, in the future, if you're gonna hurl a book at someone, it should be at somebody your own size. She was about to flatten you. I'll try to remember that. And also, I'm a pretty good judge of character. Eleanor, I think normally she's peaceful, but when riled, she looks dangerous.
0: She's, of course, well, right
1: behind her.
6: maybe you should tell her that. You think I'm crazy?
1: Awesome scene.
6: <laughs> I knew you were there.
0: It's the end of the episode. There's lots of dead air.
3: I'm sorry what I said about Pearson. I know. I'm sorry about
1: the book. I'm sorry that the Pearson case uh, got us millions like of dollars. I'm sorry that I win everything.
3: And I'm sorry about my intent to flatten.
1: Well, she lost that one. Yeah, but she won the one. About I know money, saying which is sorry isn't going to cut it That's for true. Helen.
3: But I'll work on her.
6: You guys. Jury's back. Verdict.
0: Please don't say you're shocked.
2: Good, they just look nervous. That seems fair.
0: Mike, you're getting your wish. It's verdict time.
1: I'm not gonna look at that prosthetic nose anymore.
2: It's not prosthetic. Will the defendant please rise?
1: I'm sorry, George but maybe you'll be in prison next to Pearson. Oh, Eugene's holding his hand.
5: Mr. Foreman, the jury has reached a unanimous verdict. We have. What say you? Commonwealth versus George Vogelman on the count of murder in the first degree. We find the defendant, George Vogelman, not guilty. Whoa!
0: They won! I'm surprised. Yeah. Tell you what, Eleanor, Eleanor and Eugene, man, they for the real. free to go.
1: Is Eugene going to press charges for getting uh, busted up the hallway?
0: Well, he only has eight months to live. I don't know what the sentence would be.
2: can you give us a What do
4: you think changed the jury for you? What are your plans? do
5: Is it really over?
1: Keith, what if David E. Kelly pulls the ultimate David E. Kelly and he has her ask has him ask her out right here. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah.
5: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Now, with Double Jeopardy, can they bring up him on, like, second-degree murder now?
0: No, I believe murder is murder of any flavor.
5: I don't know really what to say. Uh,
1: As long as you say that you have your checkbook with you, I think we're all good.
3: (laughs) For so long... (laughs)
1: He was uniformly excellent and awesome.
0: Yeah, he was. <laughs> okay, and fade to black. Guys, one of those days ended up being pretty good. It really was. We got ourselves a win,
1: a victory. Though we might have jeopardized a relationship that's pretty important.
0: We also might have jeopardized our relationship with our audience. Mm,
1: Yeah, I apologize about that. I really lost my head there.
0: They're probably not hap-hap-happy anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She make me... (laughs) Don't start me again. Don't start it again. (laughs) Don't start. All right. Well, that brings us to... Ladies and gentlemen. The Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly
0: present... Never wanted to be associated with us less.
1: Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike! What the hell are the oopsies? Well, Jackie, the oopsies are the segment of the show where we award some of the... Potentially f- Jackie. <clears throat> Hypothetically, Hypothetically Jackie. Hypothetically
0: potentially Jackie.
1: We award who we thought uh, was above and beyond excellent in this episode. And so let's go ahead and divvy out those
3: awards. Most-
0: set me up. Divvy out the, but then you had more things to say.
1: It's true. So, I guess it could be, I guess the discussion for us this week has to be whether we think the plan being Eugene did on the brother was more effective than the plan being or the plan seeing that Eleanor did on... Helen. Helen. Because I think it was one of the plan B's that, that won the case ultimately
0: yeah definitely Um, and uh, Eleanor opened and closed so Eugene was sort of like the pinch hitter who came in for the grand slam there and I think there's a good case to be made for both of them I mean Mm -hmm. I think like Eugene's work was truly excellent and it was was the harder of the two he did but was that the thing that put the jury member over the top I don't know and you don't know because you
1: were going to convict that's true but I think that the extra acting, the murmurs were definitely, the, the implication was that the Helen Gamble, uh, we definitely need a conviction uh, tidbit was was a little bit more impactful.
0: Was extra murmury. Yeah. All right, so you are, you're going for Eleanor.
1: I think so. I think the open and close puts her over the edge. Now, Eugene did take one for the team, physically. He literally did. But that doesn't necessarily make you a good lawyer. That's true,
0: yeah, and I' not I'm torn uh because i I do think that Eleanor did do the bigger the more heavy lifting with this, and she made the decision in the moment to call Helen, yes, that was her whereas instance. the plan being that Eugene did was a decision that the whole firm made. So I was planning to give it to Eugene because he literally bled for this case, but I think I'm with you. I yep. think it's Eleanor.
1: Also, I think if we go a little bit esoteric, not only did she have the instincts in the moment to call hell, to call Helen to the stand, but also as George kind of said there in that back room, her instincts on tr- on believing him when right. she didn't have to were on point as well. So I think Eleanor's firing uh, on all cylinders as a lawyer in this episode.
0: Thankfully, yeah, no, I, I you know what? that's a really good point that she has been the driving force. Throughout this entire process, and so she should get the win, so she does. Congratulations, Eleanor, on your most valuable lawyer. Now we get to determine who is already famous because you've been on TV, getting the pay. the first entry on your IMDB. Way to go and
5: are the best guest!
1: okay best guest actor who you got well i always go first so i i'm gonna continue the trend this week and that i did just just two seconds ago and i'm gonna pitch you my two nominees and let you kind of work it out okay i think that two excellent guest actors this week that i think need to be recognized and debated upon uh either could win either should win I'm going to start with uh, who's been excellent for weeks, Michael Monks as George Vogelman. Yes. Uh, Powerful performance. Kept us on the razor's edge, though he's been professing his innocence for weeks now. We never were quite sure, because as we keep bringing it back, he did have his head in a bag. And apparently, if it's to believe, which it seems like he's telling the truth here, he literally has no idea who framed him. Right. It's like nobody. So he can offer nothing in his own defense.
0: Which is, they say, often the case with innocent suspects. Yeah. you know, Because the innocent people don't know anything. So they, they don't have a good alibi. They have no idea who did it. They, they don't have any theories.
1: And of all people whom he is, I think, uh, humbled in front of, You know, I think Eleanor is the most. Not only did they is did she do so much for him in this particular regard, least of which just believing him, pure and simple, and then going above and beyond in the trial and pulling out all the stops, but also in the face of knowing that they had this previous relationship and he had wronged her and and tried to sue her. So, which I
0: wonder, it is more for later. But like, how did that not get into the
1: case? Like her, him suing her. Is public record. I thought that that's where he was trying to backdoor in by with the internet questions, like if you ever date someone on the internet. I thought that's where he was going with that questioning.
0: Well, he, I mean, he wouldn't need to. I, I've got to think that when somebody is a suspect in a case like this, the first thing the DA does is check all other court records. Now, the, there was no like criminal charges there, but you think like, oh, he sued somebody. Who did he sue? Oh, his own lawyer that had to. Well, that's, come up in some way.
1: Yeah, maybe it's short-sighted on his on his defense, but we won't talk about his actual lawyering. I'd rather talk about his acting. That's and that's, right, that's Austin right. Tichner, ADA Tisbury. I thought he was excellent uh, in the in the kind of run of this case. Um, in the courtroom, I thought his clothes was great. I thought his his uh, his scenes in the courtroom were great. Uh, I think he should be recognized as my second nominee.
0: Yeah, because he was he was really really rock solid in a non-showy part. Yes. And he's he did the job of a good professional actor and that he just did he played his role credibly without trying to showboat, without trying to win himself an Emmy. He just did a really good job, which is what the prosecutor did as well. So he did not uh, cry, however. He did not cry. He did not cry, and so by the rules of the theme song and Tom Brady, uh, it should technically go to Michael Mux, because he did cry. Mm-hmm. But I would not be terribly sad if we split this one, because I think they're both equally mm-hmm. deserving. So, make your call, sir.
1: Okay, in that regard, then, I'm going to go with the non-tiered ADA Tisbury, Austin Titchener.
0: Very good. And to uh, do what I said, I'm going to give mine to Michael Monks. We've got ourselves a split for Best Guest Actor. Congratulations, Michael Monk and Austin Titchener.
1: That's our that's the Out of Practice Podcast Plan B.
0: That is, <laughs> that's our no plan plan. Yep. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case. But you let a single tear run down your
1: face. You're the best. Actor on the show. I think for playing every emotion under the sun, for weeping when necessary, for being angry when necessary, for just being a complete badass front to back, side to side, I think friend of the podcast... Ninja. Ninja. Broachless Cameron is gonna get... The discount double check this week with the double oopsie. <coughs> Excuse me.
0: Yes, I I totally agree. And the my favorite thing that she did was in the scene where George is sort of setting up his confession, quote unquote, after the trial. I saw on her face genuinely not being sure whether he was going to say he was innocent or confess to the murder and I could see all of those thoughts going through her head and I really I thought that was really fine acting uh the tears at this point we take for granted
1: you know I always so, that's actually sorry I cut you off with the knees there but it does bring up an interesting experiment of I wonder if in any of these shows if the director ever flirts with holding the pages of the actual verdict and letting them react in real time. That's a good question. I mean, I suppose they could. Because that tension is is hard to kind of. Uh, it's it's easy to, and maybe to just get the reaction shots and then give the pages out, you know, and shoot the scene as is, and then just sub that in. I don't know. Just a thought. Sorry.
0: All right. Well, when you direct the next episode of the practice, I know <laughs> what you're going to do. Fair. Well, congratulations, Cameron, on your well-deserved <laughs> best actor. Oopsie. Which brings us to the Tom Brady Award for
5: being Tom Brady.
0: I'm so excited to talk about Tom Brady
1: this week. Wow, really got it handed to him, huh? Tough week, Just speaking of just
0: one of those days. You got your butt handed to you on national television.
1: But you know what, unfortunately, must be handed out to him on national podcast vision. What's that? The oopsie for being Tom Brady this week. (sighs)
2: <sighs> yes
1: so in With the end great
0: reservation he did it again god damn it he did it again he was tom brady and therefore wins the tom brady award for being tom brady and he was a pouty little bee about
1: it too so he was in character all week <laughs> he was yelling at his teammates and pointing fingers which surprisingly he did last week when they won as well. So you know it's really just it's really sticking. That's true. To the well, theme. he's consistent. Yeah, he's consistent.
0: Well, you know what? We're not consistent in.
7: <laughs> Ladies
0: and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets.
1: Anything. Uh it was good. I, as I've said in the past, and I stand by it. When they have just a single story, I find I'm usually a little bit more compelled. Yeah. Um, and this was no exception. I thought, even though we've been beating this like a dead horse, I still thought the that there weren't as many, there weren't a lot of dropped beats here. Um, I thought this, there were some really excellent scenes. I thought the scene in the back room with uh, George and Eleanor was surprising. I, like you, thought he was going to admit to the crime. Right. Uh. But instead, they use it as a moment to kind of bolster Eleanor. I also loved the scene, the all hands on deck scene in the conference room, and also the all hands on deck scene where they're arguing with each other. I thought that they were all excellent. <clears throat> Great episode for character arc, but I'm going to ding it a little bit just because I feel like I've it's just been going on for so long.
0: So, it's, are you going to ding this episode for previous episodes?
1: I am. They okay, don't exist fair in the enough. vacuum. All so out? I want to give it an 8, but I think it's just, it was a little bit, I was just a little bit over it to begin with, so it had a lot to win back, so I'm going to give it a 7.75.
0: 7.75, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I I liked it for all the reasons that you did. I liked how they were able to breathe life back into this storyline, and wrap it up in a uh, relatively conclusive fashion. I would still like to know who actually killed her, uh, if he didn't, if... The only thing I really didn't like is just one the one little couplet where Eleanor accuses uh, Lindsay of sleeping with her with with what's his with Egon and she throws the book. I just I feel like that's a scene from a from a lesser show. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Like this this show is better than that Mm -hmm. and it keeps sort of like going for that little cheesy thing for the uh, for the trailer. So I'm not. Not a huge fan of that, but it's really nitpicking at this point. I thought it was a very good episode, so I am going to give it the full eight.
1: Okay, <laughs> I'll let you do that math uh, in post. But I it will is s- a
0: number between seven point seven five <laughs> and eight. I think it's seven point eight two five, but I could be wrong.
1: I'll also say that I feel like they could have better handled. They could have better handled the Plan B aspect. Uh, obviously, the, Eugene's Plan B was to show you know the sort of personal cost of uh you know just accusing a brother a victim's brother and the father and then i think eleanor's i think that could have been edited out i think eleanor's was the only one that really mattered the thing with helen oh, and i hope i hope that they i liked it yeah i just hope that they play that bit forward the the repercussions of what happened with oh i'm sure they will yeah with with i don't know I just it felt it didn't feel as as deftly handled as maybe it could have been but but you still gave it a 7.75. I did.
0: Well, folks, I'm looking for the thing. Where is it? There we are. Do well, you want to get a hold of us? Yes. Which, if you'd like to talk to Typhoid Keith or NyQuil Mike, <laughs> you can reach us at out of practice Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram out of practice check out what i do on the blog at out of practice podcast.blogspot.com
1: lots of pictures exciting rankings If you wanted to fry that bastard and send him away for life, then you need it to be on the jury. So go ahead and join the jury by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Search for us, Out of Practice Podcast, give it a big old five-star rating and tell us why we're great. And if you'd like to
0: object, or if you would like to have an appeal and say we got something wrong, you can email us or leave it on the blog and file a formal appeal. And you know what? If there has ever been an episode that was deserving of an objection and an appeal, it's this one that we recorded tonight.
1: You just wait. I'm about to go ahead and edit this in 11 minutes just so we can get it posted by Tuesday. So you got to know it's a flaming dumpster fire. And with that, light up that dumpster fire with some good old laser sounds. Laser sounds.